You're special. Don't let anyone limit your potential. You're made for more. Your life is up to you. In fact, exercise more, eat better, make time for yourself, cheer others on, give more, do more, try harder, run faster. And while you're at it, change the world. Solve social injustice, start a nonprofit, lead a Bible study, read all, read all the new books, maybe even write one too. And then, of course, read the classics, but make sure to vote, wash your face. Yeah. Live untamed, because you're a woman. Mm-hmm. No wonder you haven't thought about what's for dinner tonight, but whatever you do, make sure it's all organic, free range, and locally right. sourced, nutritious meals. Uh, because you're a woman, you're a mom. Come on, that's what you should do for your children. Don't you, you love them? care about your family. Do you feel the pressure too? Some days it's exhausting to be a woman. Internally, you feel the reality of not measuring up to our own hopes of being the friend, employee, daughter, wife, or mother we think we should be. Externally, we have so many influencers telling us to make an amazing, groundbreaking difference in the world. Words meant to inspire, exhaust. Yeah. about to do we're about to get real we're about to have conversations that christians have behind closed doors that's where we're going why because we're family ustedes son mi familia so this is the brian and janelle podcast she's janelle and i'm brian if you don't want to miss anything all you have to do is just hit that subscribe button to get a notification whenever we drop a new episode this is the brian and janelle podcast So a woman named Melissa Kruger wrote an article for Gospel Coalition that's been shared hundreds and hundreds of times. It's called, Sisters, You Have Permission to Lead an Ordinary Life. And I want to just kind of give you the beginning of this, Janelle, and have you give us your reaction, whether this resonates with you. Here's what she writes. You're special. Don't let anyone limit your potential. You're made for more. Your life is up to you. In fact, exercise more, eat better, make time for yourself, cheer others on, give more, do more, try harder, run faster. And while you're at it, change the world, solve social injustice, start a nonprofit, lead a Bible study, yeah. read, all, read all the new books, maybe even write one too. And then, of course, read the classics, but make sure to vote, wash your face, yeah. live untamed, because you're a woman. Mm-hmm. No wonder you haven't thought about what's for dinner tonight, but whatever you do, make sure it's all organic, free range, and locally right. sourced, nutritious meals. Uh, because you're a woman, you're a mom. Come on, that's what you should do for your children. Don't you, you love care them? care about your family. Do you feel the pressure too? Some days it's exhausting to be a woman. Internally, you feel the reality of not measuring up to our own hopes of being the friend, employee, daughter, wife, or mother we think we should be. Externally, we have so many influencers telling us to make an amazing, groundbreaking difference in the world. Words meant to inspire, exhaust. Yeah. So how have you seen this in your life prior to seeing her put words to it? Before she said this, I have felt this in a couple years ago and felt the whole, you you pursue, 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 and then you hit like a brick wall and just like you're dazed for months, you know, and it's a constant, like what I felt is it's the juggling. The way she said, be a good mom, be a good employee, be a good daughter, wife. And so what the way I've seen it is, there are seasons where I would be like, okay, good, I'm winning in these areas. But look at this one right here. And so I'll drop one ball because I'm like, wait, mm-hmm. I got to get this one. And then I'm like exercising and eating healthy the way I should. But then I'm like, wait, I'm like neglecting my kids. And then you feel the guilt. And so you drop that one. And it's a constant. 
juggling and dropping and then you feel guilt. But I think it comes from this from this pursuit of potential, right? Well, and so but but where is this coming from? Like Ron is not telling women this. No. I'm not I mean, men are kind of going, we're not asking you to do all that, are we? Are men asking women to do all that? I think men in their area have their thing. You know, there's expectations in the house. There's some women that experience expectations in terms of the way they look. Well, so even if it's said implicitly. Well, I but, think, but where's the female pressure coming from? Like, where, where are women getting this pressure to do everything, be everything, make a big difference in the world, change the world, change yourself, all that? I think mostly from each other. And in different ways. It's not just in person. A lot of it is online, social media. Remember Pinterest? Remember the oh, I, pressure? I actually like Pinterest. No, dude. Like, no. <laughs> when a woman looks at Pinterest, it's like, look at all, look at the way things are supposed to be, and you're not doing it. It's, I've heard people just like uninstall the whole app because it's just like, I just can't keep up. You know, instead of looking at it it's, as it, it's helping, you're thinking, oh, I should be putting this order or my house should look a certain way. But I think it's coming from this internal discontent, uh, discontent with yourself because we, we're constantly comparing. Either comparing to the standard that society says you should meet or other women. And, and Christian women do this. I think we yeah. This isn't just we like a, that. A, a femaledom problem? Womandom? No, I think all <laughs> women do it. But you would expect Christian women not to, and I think we do. Well, I want to look. I want to hear some ways that Christian women do this to yeah. each other. This like create impossible ideals and expectations that you must live an extraordinary life, and then eventually we'll get to in this discussion how this author of the Gospel Coalition has three passages of Scripture that could actually help you get out of that that rat race, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. More for the ladies coming up. Powerful piece in Gospel Coalition called Sisters, You Have Permission to Lead an Ordinary Life. Yeah. And it really starts mm-hmm. off just drilling in the point that for whatever reason, you ladies are putting a whole bunch of pressure on yourselves to be exceptional at everything. And you're saying Christian women do this to the Christian it's women, not just regular women. Someone just texted in, and, and it's a great reminder Proverbs 31 does it. But it does do it. And it's done it to me for years. She was nailing it. And I'm, and then whenever you go to a Bible study or you go to a conference, she comes up. And so it's the standard. And I can't match. I can't reach all that. So what's transformed that in particular for me, Proverbs 31 women, women, listen up because this doesn't even come from me. It comes from one of my mentors, my favorite one. We did a podcast on this. And so I was sitting with my dear friend, she's 80-something years old, and she said, you know, you, you struggle with a lot of guilt and a lot of discontentment in terms of, like, are you enough? And she brought up the Proverbs 31 woman, and she said, do you realize that when the author was writing about her in Scripture, it wasn't meant for you to be all of that in one season? <laughs> Isn't that deep? She's like, there are, see, there are parts of her that you'll nail while your children are little. There are other parts that will kind of come to the forefront as your kids get older, then as you're in later seasons of life, when you have adult children. 
it just transformed my attitude and it gave me so much peace because I realized it was unrealistic, the expectation I was setting on myself. So that really helped me. So if you, if it did this to you, go and share it because I think it's been taught, you've heard it before. It hasn't it been taught incorrectly or maybe interpret it incorrectly. Well, yeah. And I mean, it's an ideal as well and ideals can never be reached. But, but I, I like yeah. that, that reframing in a sense of, it doesn't have to be in one season. It could be over a lifetime. These are over things a that lifetime. this person That's what she yeah. has accomplished uh, or that the Lord's called them to do. Uh, but I'm still trying to figure out this, like moms pressuring each other, like not even explicitly. That, no, it's not explicit. That if you're a mom, you really ought to be, I mean, no offense, but homeschooling. Yeah. And you really ought to be like growing and, your own food and cooking it from scratch yeah. and you should be leading a ministry and really what's God calling you to do? It's none of those things. It's something else. And you better be like kind of straining to find whatever that is. How did Christian women get there? I don't know what in us makes us impose those things on ourselves. Cause now that you're saying that I'm thinking, yeah, well look at another woman. I'll look at another woman in, in all the years I've been a woman and be like, wow, look at the way she cooks for her children. Like, you know, women that come with the little snack bags and everything's fresh. And so now you go home, I go home and I'm thinking, okay, I should just like shop differently and still transform everything. Like we, a lot of it we put on ourselves, but I think we struggle. And I've brought it up before with a lot of comparison and in that sense, a lack of contentment in terms of I am who I am and this is where I'm going to flourish. We look around and want to like emulate other people, like we impose other people's priorities or strengths and then we'll in conversations talk about it and say, did you look so-and-so? I think health is a big one. Like we know a whole lot about health, which is good. I don't know if you feel it, but I'm concerned about, am I, are my kids eating fresh? Did I give them vegetables? Am I, are my kids being healthy? And what about my husband now? And as he's getting older and I want to, like it's on me to feed them healthy food, you know, because of the stuff you hear and diabetes type two, and then this causes cancer and then this MSG and our parents didn't have to deal with all that. You don't think it's an excess of information a little bit. No, I'm sure that's part that of it. That makes it very overwhelming. I'm sure that's part of it. But I think it's also, isn't it cherry picking scripture and not looking about, at the totality of scripture? About like, if you're a woman and all you're reading is Proverbs 31. Yes. Of course you feel pressure on yourself. Mm-hmm. Did you ever stop and read the passage where the woman among the entire earth that the Lord chose to bear his son Yeah. lost it? Man. Left the city. Oh, my goodness. I was like, hey, where's Jesus? (laughs) Yeah. And she was blessed among women. Why not focus on that for a minute? I I think it it could be a that that whole like... I got to repeat that one to myself. Because when I've had moments like that where I've forgotten a kid, I'll walk away. You don't say this out loud. You may never tell a friend, but think, what kind of mother? So-and-so wouldn't do that. Well, you're just like Mary. Shouldn't that make you feel good? (laughs) Yeah. Cherry picking, you're saying. And and it's also, I think, inflating and, and missing some of God's purpose, which is so, I think, refreshing in this particular article from Gospel Coalition called Sisters, You Have Permission to Lead an Ordinary Life. 
as we've just described this, um, this kind of rat race, so to speak, she offers some really like basic words of encouragement, that there's three scriptures to cling to. And I know, Janelle, you have some advice, too, to share with yeah. folks about how you can like get out of the rat race. Mm. Stop putting all this pressure on yourself. Yeah. And just accept the fact that, you know what? If you lived an ordinary life, God would be supremely happy with you. Yeah. Mm. And what can come out of an ordinary life. But I was going to say, before we get to the scripture, in terms of where it's coming from, I think it's also we're in a time where believers are reading books like they're the Bible. We don't do it on purpose, but we read because it's, oh, look, a Christian book. And so we'll read it and walk away with quote unquote nuggets from the book as if it was like biblical teachings. That's a great point. In fact, let's look at some of those, those quotes you've got. In this article, it talks about the truth of scripture when it comes to our pursuit to be extraordinary. In the last couple of decades, based on my experience in my faith journey, it's, it has been this thing, like starting off with finding your life purpose. That is like the question. Why are you here and what is your purpose? I'm not even, like even I would say last couple of years, I prayed that when I was a teen. Like I prayed and I said, God, like, let me know what's my purpose. So you're talking about like purpose-driven life. Purpose, that's, yeah. And so I, I don't want to put it all on him because in the 90s I prayed it. But then imagine, we have that longing of finding, well, why am I here? What's my purpose? And then here comes this book, right? That's the question we have, like, why am I here? So I think that pursuit is healthy, but it puts a pressure, and then it sounds a little bit kind of like finding your soulmate. Like, we got one purpose, and so it's that fear, and I think the pressure is, what if I miss it? Well, or what if I, or I don't know if that's the way you No, no, no. How I view it would be there's, when there's a book called Purpose Driven Life, there's an implication that's unintentional, but the implication is if there's a book written about it, your purpose better be extraordinary. Yeah. Like if, if your purpose is to be like a good provider in your job that isn't mm-hmm. necessarily going to be making headlines. Yeah. Like that's not good enough. Yeah. Right. Is, is that your purpose driven life? I mean, shouldn't you be starting a ministry? Yeah. And I know he he wrote it with something else in mind, but I think our pursuit, because we've become very secular-minded, you brought it up earlier before, and I know we it shouldn't be this way, but I think it's becoming that. We are conforming to the world. Mm-hmm. We Like a lot of our thinking, it's kind of like Christian-friendly. And so even if you have a book like The Purpose-Driven Life, written for the right reasons, because we live in a world that's like, go and change the world and be an influencer and do all that, you walk away with, I got this one thing and I'm going to transform my, my community, whatever it is. And so it puts the pressure, you start compromising godly priorities. I think that book started some of this. But there's but more there was, Yeah, there are a couple of other books that concern me even more in terms of how it's changed the narrative in what we pursue and how we pursue it as women, but even as believers. We've been talking about a great article directed towards women from Melissa Kruger at Gospel Coalition. It's called Sisters, You Have Permission to Lead an Ordinary Life. Because as she indicates, I think a lot of Christian women put tremendous pressure on themselves to be not just like good at one thing, but be extraordinary at everything. Yeah. And I mean, you should be like writing books, reading books, 
start ministry. Your is kids in better the be well behaved. Your house, well dressed, super well, clean, well bathed. Yeah, everything. Everything. Amazing wife. Yeah. And she's like, listen, we got to calm down. And she's got some scriptures we're going to get to that specifically will give you permission to be ordinary. But Janelle's kind of adding layers to this pressure that Christian women put on each other and on themselves. Some of it comes from non-biblical texts, like authors write stuff, and we as Christians read it. Christian authors. Yeah, Christian authors. And then we go, wow, they're a Christian author. (gasps) This must be true, so I'm going to do it. Yes. Maybe because we're looking for something that the Bible doesn't explicitly have for a good reason, because God didn't want us to have that. (laughs) And so when you have a Christian author saying, oh, look, this is how you interpret such and such a verse, it gives us what we're longing, which is a formula, right? Or... Or like formula Mm -hmm. and and definition in terms of our pursuit. So the second, I mentioned the first one that came a couple of decades ago that I think a lot of people grabbed and ran with, the purpose-driven life, and it kind of satiated that that thirst we have for for that formula. The next one is the prayer of Jabez. Have you heard of that one? I knew that would be coming up. Oh my, you've heard of it. How did you see it? take off in your own circles in terms of how people received it? It was, it was big. It was similar to the purpose-driven life. Um, and the whole thing is like, Lord, and enlarge my boundaries. Yeah. And so people were using that to be like, you know, give me more to work with. I want to, I want to do more yes. for you. Uh, and as I understand it, it's really taken out of context. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, like prior to that book, most people had never heard of it. Mm-hmm. Because it's just a couple of or lines. Or the guy, yeah. Or Jabez. Yeah. Yeah. Or Jabez. <laughs> yeah. So for those, and, and that's essentially what it's about, right? Like so the prayer is very simple. It says, Jabez called on God of Israel saying, oh, that you would be, you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. And so in the book, it said, if you pray this for a certain amount of days or, you know, pray this, yeah. it, you'll and that's see... that's all there was in the Bible. Well, exactly. And but that dude wrote a book about that? He wrote a book. Yeah. People received it well. I rolled my eyes when it came out. I didn't... And I so didn't mind, you see, like, it's from the Bible, but it gives us... And, and here's where the whole secular, kind of worldly Christianity thing comes in. We want more. We want big. We want extraordinary. And so when you see someone that writes and is like, hello, it's a verse in the Bible, yeah. it makes sense. But do you see how the ordinary doesn't fit there? No, so it how doesn't fit can there you, at all. if I know somebody prayed to God and said, enlarge my territory, well, and God granted that, forget the, forget the formula that the author says. How would I be in my kitchen or in my office as a woman believer and think, no, I'm ordinary, and that's good. Do you I see would, how it feels like settling? Well, yeah, but if I were to critique just off of that, I would go like, well, number one, that was Jabez's prayer, not yours. Um, mm-hmm. And God's answer was for him, not you. Right. And enlarge my territory. Oh, so that means what? Right. And the author peppers pages and pages with, it's a small book, but still, a lot of it is, here's what happened in my life. But that doesn't, necessarily like if i'm going to go and say well lord what i really want is wisdom would you grant me wisdom thinking well he gave solomon all that money that's what i really want but (laughs) here's here's my prayer you know yeah it's not going to work out the way you're intending because first of all that was for solomon and secondly what are your 
intentions really. Yeah. They're not so pure. Yeah. yeah, don't don't claim someone else's prayer. Yeah. Or claim that God's answer to that prayer is somehow going to be miraculously yours. That's and it's silly. the cherry picking that you said, because we can grab that and say, see, God wants to enlarge territories. Or so. David killed Goliath, so I'm going to kill a giant. <laughs> so go to the NBA games and look for the centers. Someone the texted guys. and said, well, we could blame Christian authors. Maybe it's people's interpretation. That's my point. Like we talked earlier in the show about biblical literacy from believers and really understanding the Bible, when you're spending most of the time in the Word of God and with the Lord, you can read a book like that and understand it the way it's supposed to be, right? You can say, well, I'll take this, I'll take that, this doesn't apply to me. That's my concern. I think we, the world has seeped into our our lives as believers. So that was the second book, Prayer Jabez, that I think has impacted the way women see their lives. The last one is one that really concerns me, and it sounds a lot like the world's message, but it's from a Christian believer. Women, Christian women were loving this author. One of her books is Girl, Wash Your Face, Stop Believing the Lies About Who You Are So You Can Become Who You Were Meant to Be. That book was maybe one of her first or early ones. It took off the meant-to-be thing. I resonate with why that messed with people because of that whole desire I had about pursuing my purpose, pursuing my potential. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be good stewards of our talents, Brian. We're like we're stewards of our talent. And so in so help me cuz in one of the podcasts that she was on, she she was explaining this concept, the author of the what if. That's her whole premise of the pursue who you are meant to be. She says that's your the what if is your potential knocking on the door of your heart and begging it to find the courage to override all the fear in your head. That what if is there for a reason. The what if is your guidepost. The what if tells you what to focus on next. It's not just a useful tool for clarifying your desires. It is the key to unlocking the unique potential you are morally obligated to enact. Not just because you owe it to yourself, but because the world is impoverished without you. And so she goes on to explain part of, don't laugh. This is, I'm sorry. She's like expressing, it's not just her. She formulates it and puts it in a book that like Christians had, because she has scripture kind of sprinkled throughout the book. So it's dangerous not to read it, but to not understand it as, as a believer. Yeah, because, you know, well, because the world is impoverished without Jesus, not you. Well, but we're ambassadors and we're supposed to, right? We're stewards of our talents so that we can serve God. And, and so she talks about, he makes you in your image, this is what she says, with gifts and talents, and it is your job. Let's just give her the, the benefit of the doubt with the help of the Holy Spirit to like release your talents and really nurture them and, and do your thing. And so she talks about this thing. I've mentioned it without never reading the book to my sister. Just this idea. She was like, what if you go to heaven? And she explains it in another way, but basically what she's saying is you go to heaven and you find out, look at all the things that you could have done. The way I've heard it said is you walk into this room full of unopened gifts and the Lord tells you, look at all this. No, but listen, the idea is there's a potential that he put in you 
that you can just waste away. You can miss your purpose, miss your calling. Uh This is out there, and it's putting pressure because I felt it. For example, I stayed home exclusively for 15 years, and I knew I had talents. And so I was just thinking, part of my fear, my conversation with the Lord is, I'm going to miss it. Like, I'm here in my house. I get it. You I know? get why you cultivated it's, it's, that fear. And so, help me. Like, what do you do? Um, uh, we could get into a long theological discussion about heaven, but at the end of the day, here's what's important. We get there through the, the sacrifice Jesus made for our sins. Amen. And it's enough. Mm-hmm. The steward part. We are stewards of our talent. We are supposed to be faithful to the Lord, right? Right. So the option, to me, the option sometimes that we put, it sounds like that we're saying is just be good. If it happens, it happens. If it comes, it comes. No, 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 no. That it's sounds not a- lazy and it sounds unfaithful to me. No, but see, I, I think the difference is, is that we believe that through that author, what she's saying, all that garbage, it's garbage. Yeah, it is me, garbage. Absolutely. That what she's going to trick someone into thinking is that if you're not well known across the globe by the time you die you haven't done it well. Like the world's waiting for you to show up and start doing something. And until you do, you've just failed at life. And that is not Mm -mm. how God has designed it, nor how it works. I mean, you could be honoring the Lord and be fulfilling your calling in life and have just a small circle of people know your name. Yeah, that's possible. Or you can either, whether or not you're famous or popular or anything like that, really miss something that the Lord's calling you to do. That's what some people And you know what, what some people in could do? In terms of, am I, I'm going to use, am I hustling the way I'm supposed to? Am I serving? Am I really being faithful with what the Lord has put in front of me? I get that. And, and you know what? When, you're, when someone is tirelessly and with all this angst pursuing this grandiose calling that they're supposed to be getting, they could be totally missing it on their actual calling, which could be be faithfully serving as an usher in church. Be faithfully loving your children and teaching them about Jesus. So what about what we talk about this when it's like, you don't have to be famous. There are women, and I was in that situation before, even staying home with my kids. Am I doing enough? Are my kids going to turn out fine? I have a 17-year-old that's about to leave. And so the question is, did I, like, I ran out of time. Did I do what I was supposed to do? Was I faithful with what the Lord told me to do in him? So it's not just the famous. It's whatever he's had in front of me. Am I doing it well? Do you see? And you ladies creates- are making it all about you. Oh, I know. There's this I guy know. named I'm Jesus. The- <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. Talking about a really interesting article that apparently is a big deal for the ladies. Lots of text messages coming yeah. in about women resonating with this idea of sisters. You have permission to lead an ordinary life. Kelly just posted it on Facebook, so make sure to check it out and share with your friends because the reaction I saw as it was shared hundreds of times from the Gospel Coalition was so many women saying, oh my goodness, I needed to see this. Women, we can and we have permission to lead ordinary lives and this is a, an article from the Gospel Coalition. It shares great scriptures, one of them, one verse, that we could read right over, and I've done it many times, and in this context, I was like, how do we miss this? 
But Lauren from Cleveland is texting in, Brian, this is for you. She says, Jesus tells a few stories about lazy Christians. I think we need to be careful not to be lazy, especially when people of the world are so diligent with their agendas. I don't think it matters what we do as long as we're giving 100% for the Lord to use. He will multiply it and use it for his glory and his kingdom advancement. It is in our home, our workplace, or a grander stage. The Lord knows our diligence. We, we misunderstand lazy. And I hope someone's not listening to this thinking, Brian and Janelle are advocating for a lazy, fruitless Christian life. Let me give you an example of this right from this article from Gospel Coalition. Okay. The writer says, I recently treasured final moments with my friend Polly. You probably don't know her. She's not an Instagram influencer or New York Times bestselling author. Polly is a wife and a mom of two college-age children. She's worked at a seminary for years, managing accreditation for the entire institution. She hasn't moved overseas as a missionary, opened an orphanage, or taught the Bible to thousands. Yet her faithful work has supported people who've served in all those ways and more. I want to live a life like Polly's. But then she goes on to say, a few weeks ago, we got a call. Polly's cancer treatments had stopped working. Friend after friend came and sat with her on her back porch. Some flew in from Texas, others drove from Mississippi. One evening, we stood in her yard and sang hymns while she listened on the porch. Hmm. On Sunday morning, we gathered at her home to worship. Her husband, Bob, was at her side every minute. Her children listened and laughed at stories they told together. They read the Bible. They prayed. Soon after, she went to be with Jesus. Yes, you could say her life was ordinary. But as I watched the people of her life gather, all I could think of is, how beautiful and extraordinary is my friend. Hmm. She loved the Lord. She fulfilled her calling. She hoped for eternity. Hmm. What an amazing life. And what did she do? She did really well at her job. That is an anonymous job. Hmm. It's not a job you'll ever know the person's name that holds that unless you work in her office. Yeah. She was a, a great wife, a great mom, and loved Jesus dearly. That's enough. It is enough, Brian. But listen, when we sit and we talk about this as women or when we're in our thoughts, let's just take a great mom. We're talking about the pressure of, am I a good enough mom? Am I doing what I need to be doing? You even said when I said, well, with my 17-year-old, the whole thing of, did I do what I was supposed to do? You're like, well, there's Jesus. What we shouldn't have is the attitude with any work that you have in front of you is, well, you know, Jesus got it. I'll show up. And he got it. You have to be faithful. Like this listener texted in and said, right there, I mean, there's something to say about, are you doing your best? Does Polly's life sound like complacency and laziness? Is it, is it easy to have a successful marriage and raise kids that, that love each other? It's and not love the easy. Lord? And if we're honest, there are moments where I know, I'm going to speak for myself, ladies. I don't know. Out there, you just say whatever. I'm telling you, I know there are moments that I can look back in the last 17 years and say, I failed in a lot of areas. Well, okay. I, was not, so, I, sh- I was short in a whole lot of areas that I could have done better. I know that. Let me ask it this way. We heard Polly's story. Yes. Is she a failure? Okay. No, no. Is she a failure? No, she's not a failure. So why does she get the pass to, to not have to write a book, have her name known by everyone, do something really extraordinary? She lived an ordinary life devoted to the Lord. Why is it okay for Polly? Because she died of cancer? That's why it's okay? 
Yeah. Does that, does that somehow make it extraordinary to die of cancer? We're all going to die. So cause of death brings extraordinary? So now we should start pressuring women to die well. Really? Oh, goodness. No, I, I, you know, there's a bunch of passages. One of my favorite ones is a passage that um, nobody makes their life verse. And it's that, where did it go? That Thessalonians. The, oh, yeah, the first Thessalonians. I dare you to four. make this your life verse. I love it. Exactly. And that's the one you read, oh, and you're like, oh, that one's not for me. So if, if, <laughs> if you need a, a life verse, here it is. First Thessalonians 4.11. Aspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs and to work with your hands. Mind your own affairs. Write a book about that. Just that, because that's to us, ladies. Mind your own affairs. Somebody else's calling, somebody else's house, the way their their kids act, the way their career's going, none of that got anything to do with you. That's the way that spoke to me, of like, whoa, just live quietly. Like, do your thing. Stay in your lane, the way we say it today. That right there could remove so much pressure and bring so much peace. Like a listener texted and said, Comparison is the, the thief or steals joy. I wanted to mention, somebody says, what an interesting conversation this morning. I'm wondering, Janelle, if this issue might be a uniquely feminine one. Perhaps it's an aspect of the original sin women were left with after the fall in the garden. So this is from no, Sharon. I, it might, I don't think, and we'll talk about this on overtime. You were going to say something? No, no, no. We, we can talk about that more in overtime. But I want to say, for those listening right now, the woman who wrote this article, I really enjoyed it. I looked at her bio, and she works with the Gospel Coalition, and she wrote a book that I already ordered and can't wait to get to, and it's called The Envy of Eve. I read like most of the reviews, and there were several women that said, oh my goodness, I thought I didn't struggle with coveting before I read this book. And so it, it had great reviews, five stars. So read that book if you struggle with this or if this is an area that you want to improve in. There's much more to share on this. In fact, I think there's some more scriptures that are really helpful to remember that we're called to something simple yet profound in following Christ, but it doesn't mean you're going to be famous. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to that, mean that. Though. It's like somebody texted. Extraordinary. It doesn't mean you're going to be, Jesus was extraordinary. You don't need to be. Extraordinary could be, you may want to be extraordinary right in your community or right in your home. Randa texted and said, I get your point, but who decides that life's, Polly's life was ordinary just because she was not famous? Like who gets to decide that she was extraordinary? Do you know why? How she, you don't know how she felt. No, you know, it's not about Polly. It's not about Janelle, it's not about Brian, it's not about Ron, (laughs) it's not about Jenny or Randa or Janet or Amora or Darcy, any people. You know what it's about? It's about Jesus. Amen. It's not about us. That's the point. Yeah. Our lives ought to be a reflection of Christ. When people see us, they see Jesus, not, wow, Janelle was extraordinary. If you've been interested in that Gospel Coalition article we've been discussing, Kelly has it posted on our Facebook page. It's called Sisters, You Have Permission to Lead an Ordinary Life. I just got a note from Scott, the counselor, and Shaker Heights. That's right. Talking um, about how Brian got problems. No, Woo! he didn't say that. <laughs> but sisters is the article. You have permission to lead an ordinary life, and women are straight up mad about it. Hey, hold up. Where are you going? You know you liked your time with us. You want more. So look down, hit that button right there, subscribe, and you'll get updated episodes, and then you can hang some more. And guess what? You can help us. How? A five-star rating. You can also hang with us live weekday 6 to 9 a.m. Interact with us, talk with us. Download the Moody Radio app. Or at brianintonell.org. And we don't put 
all this together all by ourselves. There's some great people behind all this production. We want to thank Ron Eastwood, Kelly Ryder, Paul Carter, Mike Reynolds, and our awesome and fearless leader, Josue Villa. And finally, this podcast is a production of Moody Radio in Cleveland, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Well, Brian, that's a wrap. Yep. <laughs> <laughs>